You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Matt Baxendell. Bax and I are going to do a deep dive on Ohio State's defensive backs on today's show. I mean, it's a group that's really under the microscope. I mean, this is a bad passing defense last year. New DB coach Matt Barnes getting the promotion backs uh, from special teams coordinator to defensive backs coach. Kind of let Kerry Combs just be just a defensive coordinator, kind of. Uh, broaden his horizons a little bit, just kind of focus on the whole defense. Uh, I want to get into some specific players, though. Let's start with Seven Banks. I've been reading some mock drafts lately for the 2022 draft, and Todd McShay has Seven Banks going in the first round, 14th overall, and I was like, wow. Then CBS Sportsbacks came out with their mock draft yesterday. They have Seven Banks going fourth overall. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. If Seven Banks is even a second-round pick, I'll be happy. That means he's had a, a pretty good season. But are you buying that Seven Banks is going to have the type of season that's going to lead to him being a first-round pick? Well, that's quite the leap of faith, if you will. I saw those same mocks, and I think some of that's just Ohio State always has first-round DB, so they're due. You know, last year was an anomaly, so they're due. And there's two ways to look at this. One is that they're crazy. If you had watched seven banks last year, you don't think he's anywhere near the first round. Like you said, if he's a second round pick, it means he had a world better season than he had last year. The flip side to that is that, you know, if you remember the rule of toast, which is that Ohio state corners who get drafted in the first round generally seem to struggle the first year that they're put as an outside corner. That goes back to Gary on Conley. That goes back to Denzel Ward, right? Really the only exception to that rule was Marshawn Lattimore, who only played one year, and that was because he was hurt until he finally got on the field. So you even to your point, though, even Marshawn as a redshirt freshman, um, before he broke out as a third-year sophomore the following year, when he was out there as a redshirt freshman, he didn't look that good. He didn't look that good. And then the next year, he had arguably the best season I've seen from an Ohio State corner, you know, right up there with Sean Springs and many others. Go ahead. Yeah, and that just furthers my argument, uh, both in favor of, seven banks rising and in that Sean Wade's a lot better player than we saw last year is that the first year that they're on the outside at Ohio State they frequently struggle and then after that guess what they get a lot better a lot better and they end up being really good players I mean heck Jeff Okuda early on in his career struggled um, and he was a top five pick and that you know and his struggles let's, let's be honest were a little less than others but there were times where he looked like he had a rough time of it all of these players struggle when they first get out there because they're going against elite competition. And many of them, when they were in high school, weren't necessarily corners. A lot of them were, you know, the, the quarterback or they were the, they were a roving safety because that's where their team needed them. Not all of them 
went to an IMG Academy or something that's essentially a mini college program. So I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever if Seven Banks had a big jump. Now, I think fourth overall is probably too big of a jump to me. But there's no question he's in position to make himself a lot of money this year if he ends up following the rule of toast. And he went through his toast year, and now he's in a position to start collecting some of that, that, that highlight reel that's going to make him some money. So I wouldn't be shocked if he was a second rounder or higher even because of his physical measurables. He has the tools. Let's just see if he comes around in this year's defense. And I thought by the end of the year, he was playing pretty well. He had his best game against Clemson, um, had the interception, but he was also, you know, was just very physical in that game, was breaking up some passes. He was starting to play well toward the end of the season last year. So I'm with you, man. It's You laid it out very well. We've seen it time and time again. Ohio State corners struggle that first year on the outside. And then they usually turn it on that second year as a starter. And I think Seven Banks will do that. I'm with you. Though. I'm not buying he's going to be fourth overall in draft. If, if he's uh, even a first rounder at all, I'll be happy. Let's also talk about Josh Proctor. He's the other one that I think could be, you know, kind of a star of this secondary. I thought, you know, he had a really good year last year. Beginning of the year, he wasn't even the starter. They were still putting uh, Marcus Hooker out there. Uh, Proctor ended up taking that job from him. Another guy that was playing his best football by the end of the year. I think he could break out as a star, as a senior back, especially it sounds like they're going to go to that single high safety again. Now they're going to mix in more traditional two safety looks, but um, Josh Proctor is going to be the man back there, whether it's going to be the single high safety or if they go with two safeties. I think he's going to have a big senior year. What do you think? I think people would look back more fondly on last year if he had squeezed a couple interceptions. To be honest, I mean, the guy dropped at least three picks that I would normally expect a college player to pick, right? I think he had two alone against Northwestern, if memory serves. So this is a kid who has been well-known the last couple of years for absolutely laying people out when it comes to supporting the run, stepping up on – he had that hit at the end of the Wisconsin game two years ago where I just felt bad for the, the poor quarterback at the end of the Big Ten Championship. It was like, wow, this guy's had a rough game, and Josh Proctor just murdered him. So – Proctor on the physical side of the ball has a lot of the classical safety who comes up and lays the boom uh, attributes to him. What we started seeing last year was him being in much better position to be able to intercept balls, to be able to get across and help out corners whenever he's responsible for the deep coverage on their part of the field. We started seeing Proctor's progress last year. I think we need to see more of that progression from him, but I agree with you. I thought he was probably Ohio State's overall over the course of the year, I think he was their best defensive back from start to finish. I'm not saying he was the best at any point in time, but I think he was their most consistently good one once he got on the field. And I think, again, if he squeezes a couple more of those picks, we're looking back and going, well, Josh Proctor had six interceptions in an eight-game season. That's impressive, right? So, you know, the, the, the guy, I think, has the potential to be a really good player this year for Ohio State. He's one of the ones I'm the least worried about going into next year, without question. Uh, I think it's going to be a very big positive for OSU having him on the field. Though I am intrigued to see how he does in a single high safety setup. I'm intrigued to get your take on this. Who's going to be the starting corner opposite seven banks? Is it going to be Cam Brown coming off the torn Achilles? Is it going to be a young buck like Ryan Watts who really showed out in the spring, six foot three, 200 pounds. He looks like a guy that is really on the rise. Maybe somebody else. Who's going to be that starting corner opposite seven banks. It's Ryan Watts to me. 
Uh, I think th- his size and, and speed combination make him a fascinating prospect because he has Patrick Peterson size, and that's a rarity at a cornerback. And if you watched him in the spring game run, he's fluid enough that he doesn't look like he's this this bigger guy. He doesn't ha- doesn't have some of the motions that bigger players frequently have that are a little herkier and jerkier when they're transitioning their hips or whatever, right? Uh, and everybody remembers the interception because the interceptions are splashy. Yay. But overall, he was solid. He was on his guys. There was the one play that McCord threw up into double coverage that ended up coming down for a catch. Watts was all over the guy. It was literally perfect coverage. It was just a great catch by, I believe, Marvin Harrison Jr. But Watts was right there. It wasn't like it was bad coverage. He turned around. He got went for it. The ball just slipped past his fingertips. If your corner does that, and he gets beat, right? You're not that upset. It's not like the guy's running free. He gets a free release at the line, and the corner's 10 yards behind, like, wait, right? Like, that's okay. Watts showed me some stuff, and I think right now he's he's definitely the front runner. And as for a guy like Cam Brown, look, it's it, he was the guy who last year was supposed to be his year to sort of have that, that interior role. He was going to maybe get some stuff on the outside, maybe try to get through some of his toast phase, right? And then he tore his Achilles in a non-contact injury at Penn State. And we, we saw how an Achilles being rushed back can affect players. Uh, remember Tough Borland a couple years ago came back after that Achilles really quick. Uh, Master Teague really didn't look great all year this year um, until maybe the end of the year after his Achilles injury and his wasn't as bad. This is a cornerback we're talking about with an Achilles injury. You never know if they're going to come back at full bore from that. So I'm, I, I hope Cam Brown comes back helpful. He was supposed to be the next guy after seven banks, but he's got a long road ahead of him to get back on the field, especially with all the younger guys that are, are coming into the lineup this year, looking for opportunities to play. And then you got veterans that are still floating around like Marcus Williamson. So Cam Brown has an uphill path to getting on the field right now. And by the way, they've been really quiet about anything about him since the season ended. We haven't really heard much about Cam Brown that his rehab's progressing. You know, you didn't see him running or anything as far as I'm aware. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't heard a lot about him. So that's not a good sign when there's that much silence about his recovery. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, man, we probably won't know till camp begins because you know, he's still in that rehab process. It hasn't been really that long Um especially for an Achilles injury that, as we all know, I mean, just being sports fans, <laughs> armchair doctors, but you, you just learn things about certain injuries being diehard sports fans. We know if you, te- if you tear your ACL, you're probably out, you know, nine months. If you're, you're talking about baseball, a guy has, you know, Tommy John surgery, he's out for a year, you know, maybe a little bit longer than that. Achilles is one of those injuries, man. You're out for, um, you know, at least nine months, unless I guess unless you're tough Portland and, and mass fatigue. So we'll see what happens there. But I'm with you. I agree. I think Ryan Watts will be the starter. But man, I hope they get Cam Brown healthy. Um, if he's not the starter, he would at least provide great depth. Another guy that I think is going to be a big part of this secondary, Lathan Ransom. I, you know, I think if he's not a starter, he's going to kind of play starter minutes, <laughs> starter snaps. He's going to be out there a lot. If they have two safeties, he's going to be out there. He's going to play some slot corner. As you mentioned, they have Marcus Williamson coming back. I love depth. Um, can't have too much depth there. Um, Lathan Ransom's a guy I'm excited about. We saw him step up as a true freshman toward the end of the year back. So I think he's going to you know, I don't want to say break out like he's going to be a superstar, but I think he's going to have a pretty darn good sophomore season this year. Yeah, he has it written all over him. I remember watching the Big Ten Championship game going, 
There's that 12 again. Seriously, who the hell's 12? Ransom, right? Yes, okay, that's Lathan Ransom, right? Like, we didn't see him hardly at all before the Big Ten Championship. And then the Big Ten Championship game goes out, and he's knocking passes down left and right. Like, I was really impressed with him when he got on the field. And it wasn't quite like Von Bell at the end of the 2013 season where he gets on the field and you go, wow, why has that guy not been playing all year? But my first thought with Lathan Ransom was, wow, look at that guy. Why has he not been playing all year? So I, I think he's a guy who could, if you want a breakout candidate, he is the top breakout candidate to me, right? Like, like I, I think Watts is a guy who I think is going to start. Um, but if you ask me one guy who, like we've already seen a little bit in game action that seems to have a lot more to show, it's definitely Lathan Ransom. And that's kind of exciting for me. I think he's going to end up being a really nice player for Ohio State this year. And, you know, in a spot where they're talking about maybe rolling more safeties through or having a hybrid sort of rover guy to go with the one high safety, Ransom's a guy that might fit into that role too. So, you know, he's another example of all the younger talent that we have in the defensive backfield right now. And I think one of the big questions is just going to be, are we confident that they're going to be in the right scheme and position to succeed. You know, that's the big sort of uh, sort of Damocles hanging over all of this. Cause I think both you and I think there's a lot of talent on hand. It's going to be, are they used right? Is Matt Barnes going to be a good defensive backs coach? Uh, how's Kerry Combs going to do systemically? Is, is Paul Rhodes going to be there to help him? And is he going to take that input? These are some of the really big questions we have because, you know, we just talked about four guys that we, I think we both are pretty high on in Banks, Watts, Proctor, and Ransom. And, you know, with the depth that they have, there's probably some other guys that are going to step up and contribute. So, you know, that's kind of the, the, the big part of all this is how does it come together? Do we have the correct guys coaching their position group? You know, how is Kerry Combs going to be in a second attempt at actually calling a successful pass defense? Because we all know his first one was not a success. In fact, it was the opposite of success with the bottom 10 pass defense. So that's really the sort of Damocles over this discussion. Yeah, I do like the depth overall backs. It is young. They're going to be young in the secondary overall. They do have some older guys, of course, you know, Seven Banks, Josh Proctor, Marcus Williamson. But overall, they're going to be young. And let's close the show talking about some of these young guys that are going to help with the depth. Cam Martinez is a guy that I thought looked good in the spring, that slot corner, kind of a hybrid corner safety. Uh, Legend Cavazos was held out of the spring game. Uh, was a little banged up. We'll see what happens with Legend Cavazos as a second-year player. And then they got three true freshman corners, one that was here for spring, Denzel Burke, the other two guys that were very highly rated, Ja'Kalen Johnson and Jordan Hancock. Now, Denzel Burke was a four-star kid too, but J.K. Johnson and Jordan Hancock, those were top 100 overall kids. And um, looking at all those young guys, also they have Bryson Shaw, if we consider him as still a young guy, he's a third-year player, he's a safety. Those guys like Cam Martinez, Legend Cavazos, Denzel Burke, Ja'Kalen Johnson, Jordan Hancock, Bryson Shaw. Who of those guys kind of piques your interest? Well, if you watched Cam Martinez's highlight reel out of high school up in Michigan where none of the Michigan schools got in on him like idiots, uh, he's a guy who is an unbelievable athlete, right? And he was an athlete to the point – he was one of those guys, though, when we talk about the rule of toast, is a perfect candidate to be toast the first time he's on the field because he was a running back the whole time in high school and he was kind of that rover safety right because his high school team just needed their superstar athlete to, to be a superstar right so he's a guy that i think has a really bright future at osu i'm fascinated to see how he looks this year though 
because he's a candidate to maybe not look as great when he gets on the field, just based on what he did in high school. But I think we need to start getting him on the field. That's going to be another thing, too. Last year was an utterly lost year for development because none of the young guys that were there really got to play in any of these blowout kind of games. They didn't get to play the Akrons of the world. They didn't get to play the games where OSU's up 45 to 10 in the fourth quarter and you run everybody out on there so that they get a couple series and understand how to, you know, do this in live action in front of fans. There were no fans. So, you know, some of these young guys, this is going to be their opportunity to do that. And I'm definitely excited about Cam Martinez's athletic abilities for sure. I think Bryson Shaw could end up being a pretty solid safety too. We saw a little bit of him last year. I'd like to see more. And then, of course, the young guys. Look, it's hilarious when we're like, yeah, Denzel Burke wasn't quite as highly rated. He's still a top two, four, seven kid, right? Like, this is a good player. And when you've got two other guys, like you said, in Hancock and Johnson, who are really big-time players um, in terms of recruit status, you've got the opportunity to have a really nice amount of depth. But like you said, they're young. And what have we talked about this whole podcast? about young cornerbacks at Ohio State. I got one word, toast. So we, we have to hope that maybe someone like a Marcus Williamson can provide some good depth. Maybe Kim Brown will be back healthy, right? And maybe one of them can sort of shrug off the toast rule. But time and time again, it's been proven. So we need to get these young bucks their reps so that then whenever they're in position to take over in a year or two, they've got those reps and they can be the guys in front. And they can work their way through. Because some people's growing curve is smaller than others, right? Jeff Okuda, Denzel Wards. Theirs were a little shorter growth curves in terms of getting to the point where they stopped being toast compared to some of these other guys who ended up being high draft picks. So I think I'm most excited about all of them getting to play more this year because they didn't last year. And at the end of the day, that's the biggest thing that's going to help them with their, their, their big picture development. So... You know, and in thinking about it, Dave, we've got a nice amount of talent in this defensive backfield. This isn't a bunch of two- and three-star kids no one's heard of running four eight forties. So, again, it comes back to how are they used, and I think that's going to be the big definer for our defensive backfield this year. I'm trying not to eat too much bread right now, but for some reason, some nice buttered toast sounds good to me after we uh, record the show here. Great stuff from the people's champ, Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Thank you to Bax. Thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in to the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.